good to meet you. Nice to meet you, man. And you're finally back in New York. Yes. So what were you guys doing beforehand? Was this tour? This was a whole tour. This is show 23. Show 23. Yeah. yeah. 23 shows. Can imagine having to do four more shows after this? That'd be a lot. Be yeah, a lot. but we'd be mentally prepared. So. Right. So this one's been a little more intense than the past one? Um, in the past couple we've done, yeah, yeah. It's a little longer than... Also, we have more gear. We have like more lights, and so it's a more strenuous load-in and load-out and setup, which makes it feel kind of harder. I think the last time I saw you guys was actually here last year in January, right when the 3 EP came out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good show. Thank I can't you. remember who was opening, though. Floor. Floor. Oh, damn. Yeah. If only I knew back then. <laughs> I knew now. It's gotta be nice to come back in the city and just be like, pretty much done. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. I'm trying to like not, uh, I didn't go back to my apartment today, you know, I'm just trying to like stay in the groove and like not feel like I'm home yet, because same, still got a show. Yeah. And when you guys come back here, is it a lot of family and friends and uh, familiar faces? Yeah. yeah. It's like so much of that. Uh, I think we have 80 VIPs tonight. <laughs> oh my god. So, yeah, it's just like all family, which, which is awesome, yeah. but happy it's the last show. Is it ever weird to have that many people you know staring right at you? Um, yeah, and you know what, maybe it is a little weirder than knowing no one. I think like that's less like pressure when you know no one. Yeah, like when but it's I, easier to play for people who you don't know. Yeah. But it's cool, like, at the same time, it's like, you know, you get the feels when you see your mom's face looking at you, so it's cool. I can imagine. Yes, kvelling all over the place. So, speaking of moms, so tell me about your guys' musical backgrounds. Like, there's all kinds of reasons to get into music and love music, but what got you into this in the first place? My mom. Uh, she had me start taking piano lessons when I was six. And it didn't burn you out? It didn't burn me out, no. Um, then I started playing percussion and band in fifth grade, and then just kind of I installed Fruity Loops on the family computer when I was like 13 or something. I was just messing around, making like stupid dance beats. Um, yeah. And John, how about you? Yeah, I started playing guitar when I was about nine, um, and used it as a way of writing songs, which I quickly realized was what I loved doing. Um, and yeah, I was uh, writing songs my whole life and playing, doing like solo stuff, uh, had my own bands here and there, um, and then was in musicals and stuff and band in college and that kind of stuff. And then uh, this, this band that we started like five years ago was the first time it was like, uh, it wasn't like John Sandler and the whatever. <laughs> it was like a real band where uh, it was a collaboration and uh, yeah, it felt really cool. And you guys met before Bridget Fight Okay, right? Mm -hmm. We were friends for a year or two before the band started. Yeah, um, my piano player, musical partner at the time uh, was Luke's roommate and they lived around the corner from me in Brooklyn, so I got to know Luke by going over there and working. There you go. That's how it started. Yeah, it started, and what was the big break for, what was the big break for Break It Fine Okay? I mean, literally, it was the first song. the first song out. We wrote one song together, passed it around to some friends, and people were like, oh my god, we love this. 
uh, and this was back when like SoundCloud and like blogs were kind of driving music discovery. So you know, got picked up by a bunch of cool blogs and got a bunch of streams on SoundCloud. Um, Spotify was a thing, but not as much. Not as much as it yeah. is now. It was like Hype Machine was everything. <laughs> and the song we released first, or the one for me, hit number one on Hype Machine twice in How's like a month or two. I don't know. I, I had never seen it happen since, like to anybody. So we were like, wow, it's a sign, you know. And uh, so we just kept writing songs, and we toured, and that, that was it. And every artist or band has a sort of signature sound. Craig and Find OK definitely has a sound, but I'm curious to hear how you both would describe your own sound. I mean, that's that's tough to to like articulate, I guess, because it's I don't know. It's hard for me to know what I'm doing in terms of how it relates to like what everyone else experiences. More generally, and they like we're asked this question a lot. It's like I think at the core, it's pop. But it is pop fused with a lot of other things. So we always say like synth pop or indie pop or like even right. like you know it definitely got some R and B in it. But what do you call that? You know what I mean? It was cool because when we started the band, you know, it was just we were just making the music that we wanted to make, and then people would be like, "Oh, like this sounds like Scritty Polity," and I was like, "Who is Scritty Polity? <laughs> I've never heard of that." And like yeah. I checked them out, and it's amazing. Um, so that's happened a bunch of times. I've like discovered music because people say that. Our music sounds like something else. Yeah, yeah, we definitely never set out to sound like a certain thing. We didn't even mean to form a band, you know. We were just writing a song that, you know, came from both of our, like, honest places, you know, and that's kind of what we keep doing. And you've mentioned before, I think, that Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson are sort of a few of your influences. You can certainly hear it in your newest song, Change, I think. Tell me about your inspiration for that song and uh, if it has any personal meaning to you. Yeah, I mean, that song is personal to me, you know, uh, in a relationship and uh, where, you know, I was hoping that the person would never change and just generally that's what it's about is just, you know, finding a person or a relationship or even like anything that you love and loving the way it is in that moment and hoping that it doesn't change because we all know like things change so much and, you know, you hope that it doesn't change, you know, in a negative way uh, that's kind of what it's about. Um, so I kind of had that idea and then brought it to Luke and we crafted the music together. And, but it is definitely one of the more personal songs. Speaking of change in general, from like the early days, 2014-ish to now, your sound has held a certain quality, but it's changed a little bit. Have you noticed any deliberate change in your music or does this just all come as you grow and you learn and try to make new stuff? I think... Um yeah, I mean, there, there are, like, specific things, like, from the beginning, it was kind of like, maybe we shouldn't use acoustic piano sounds and just keep it all synths, keep it, like, you know, more electro-sounding, but, um, at a certain point, like, we, uh, we were doing a song with Before You Exit, um, and, you know, we were just writing a song, and I just pulled up a piano sound, and, like, that kind of became the foundation of that whole track. And it ended up being like the first Greg and Founder K song that had increased piano. So I guess like since then, it's kind of opened the door to having some more like organic elements. Um, like we've got a song coming out at the end of the month that has acoustic guitar on it. Uh, so you know, yes, kind of tr slowly trying to evolve. I like it. I like when we like kind of see how far the spectrum of our sound can go. 
and we've definitely done like the far end of like the dream pop synth thing and so um like i said it's not deliberate but yeah like our stuff that we're doing now is a little more organic a little more like uh acoustic piano acoustic guitar vibe uh we have some lap steel on the stuff and like i love that because like i love that kind of music also uh so it's fun one of the things that stayed constant throughout is your voice john it's got like an ethereal quality to it and you're in your upper register and your falsetto have you always been singing like that since the early days no. or was that affected <laughs> for this project so yeah like i had never really I, i'd only sing sung falsetto as like flourishes like you know pop singers do um But for some reason, when I was writing the lyrics and melody for You're the One for Me, I sang the whole thing in falsetto. It's the first time I'd ever done that. I don't know why I did it, but it sounded cool. So that was sort of became like a rule for Great Good Fine Okay, that it's just mostly in falsetto. Um, and that's something that we've definitely been like changing up a lot too. Like, more we're singing a lot more yeah. full voice now. I'd say all the songs we're writing now are like 80% full voice, 20% falsetto. Um, Which is cool because we have so many songs that are like 90% falsetto, so it feels like a good mix now in a, in a, in a live show. And with your music, it's always had this sort of happy beats and uh, good vibes about it. Uh, have you ever wanted to diverge from that with Great Good Fine Okay? Sure. I mean, you know, it's like some of the songs are definitely uh, a little more down, a little more sad. Uh, Say It All, for example. Um, a couple other ones are not like the happiest uh, but yeah most of them are happy love songs and uh, I don't know why that happened but yeah we have some uh, some more depressing stuff kind of on the back in the works right now. <laughs> <laughs> buckle up <laughs> no I mean I, I try to write about the you know everything in life and obviously it's not all happy uh, so It's easier to work on a song, at least for me, to like finish it, finish the production and mixing if it's not like a downer, you know what I mean? Because you kind of, when you're working on something like that and listening to it that much, it affects you. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, working on a happy song is going to be easier to finish because it just puts you in a good mood. When you're producing, do you ever get into this analysis paralysis when you're trying to perfect one element of the song and just like can't get it right? Totally, yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. I've witnessed How do you work spending through it? countless hours like finding uh, one little drum sound that like I can't even like hear the difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't know the way the way I work through it is just to like put the song away for as long as possible, and then when I come back to it, I have a totally new perspective, and it's like, oh, this is all cool, and you know I'll change this thing, you know something I wasn't even thinking about at the time. But yeah, just time is really the. Thing Did they that just helps. come back into your, you know, your front of your mind and just come out of nowhere, or is it usually something, a circumstance, or a feeling that makes you want to dig up a song you haven't finished and try to complete it? Um, it's usually like a circumstance, uh, like we need to put a song out, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like time to finish some songs. But yeah, no, I think it's. It's always valuable to have time in between, like when you start something and when you finish it. And one of the songs you've obviously had one song this year so far. As we head into the summer, you mentioned there's a song at the end of the month. After that, um, what else can we expect from Ricky Fun? Okay. Um, I think some more stuff in the fall, like an EP. 
And then when you're not touring, is that just like heads down writing time, producing time? Or you guys, do you ever take a break? It's a lot of writing yeah. and a lot of working on music. Um, yeah, pretty much. Let's go.